This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew here with my guy Spencer. And Spencer, it's coming home. The Women's World Cup, England. Oh no, they didn't. Are you are you telling me they didn't get it done? It's not coming home. It's never coming home. No, sir. It's not coming <laughs> home. We are we are not doing an American American this week. But if we were, I would just Ooh. welcome the entire Spanish women's team into America oh. for fighting off English tyranny, Andrew. Something not everybody can do. Done first by the Americans. A lot of uh, a lot of good um, like things we've set there. But uh, Spain getting it done one nil. Um, they had a penalty that could have sealed it up. That was saved. It gets nervy, but at the end of the day, Spain wins. Spain women win. Congratulations. We want to make sure we mention that up top. More importantly, the English women lose. And third, the referee was an American woman. So, I mean, the Americans didn't have any losers in the uh, participating in the final, but they, you know, they got it done. American women, second place, as far as I can tell in this tournament, didn't win the game. That's fine. Still beat England. Impressive. Impressive. Sounds right to me. And, and uh, shout out to the uh, shout out to like the I think he's the director of like the women's team or something, not the manager, the guy who just straight grabbed a player and just smacked a kiss no, right on no. her lips. Dis- disavow that dude. He uh, we can get more into that. <laughs> not later. a but no, no, no. He is. They all the the entire women's team of Spain hates their coach and they are oh, yeah. mistreated 100%. by the national team. Guy guy made a move. Guy went for it, uh, but disavow. Full disavow. Yeah, sorry, Andrew. Shout, favorite, shout out Spencer's favorite guy. No, no, sorry. I should, I should backtrack a bit. Maybe shout out's the wrong term. Just to throw it out there, that guy like basically went full on like drunk boss at the Christmas party with that player. So and, yeah, and, maybe not shout out, but um, well, and, just and acknowledge that that happened. And, and that's the kind of leadership that the Spain's Women's Federation have been dealing with is that kind of like, I don't know, I feel like they're acting like it's the end of a movie and it's like, hey man, it wasn't the end of a movie, buddy. Like, they fought, they won the game. And at the end of it, it's like, and you guys tried to like defund them, all this other, it's without getting into it in depth, congrats to the Spanish team. Great win, beating the English, super important and disavow the Spanish coach and their federation for not supporting their women. Congratulations to you guys doing it in spite of them. Um, But yeah, we just want to make sure we hit the Women's World Cup off the top there um, before we get back into kind of our, our sweet spot here yeah and our sweet spot obviously talking about the biggest sporting news of the week (laughs) andrew Uh and that was obviously your boy Hmm. breaking 100 in golf (laughs) hey there it is knew it was coming knew it was can't bury the lead there hey we we heard about it this weekend you know it's one of those things you don't know if it's going to be brought up on the pod or not but Got it done. How'd it go, bud? Had, Any big shots we got to th- recap? Anything we got to make sure we... 
no see like the crazy thing is and we won't get too far because this is just people are like you broke 100 you really suck i do really really suck but like i'd been shooting one i'd gotten down to like 105s consistently and i think i might have detailed on here that some guy put me in a mental pretzel like a month ago and i've been <laughs> shooting 118s because like i asked him if he could break 100 when he asked he said he was like not that good and he's like oh that'd be the worst round ever and i'm like okay that'd be my best round ever so fuck you guy if i did an american american that guy would have been out, kicked out gone but um no gone. that would have been my substitute for the spanish women's team but nonetheless um been shooting like the absolute worst games of my life and just randomly this week went out and said you know what i really suck whatever let's just go out there no crazy great shots just consistent day and um almost fluffed it away on the last hole like i shot an eight on the last hole and luckily our buddy <laughs> andrew our, our buddy uh brandon turned to me and like on my seventh shot he's like we're driving up to the green it was my sixth shot sorry we're driving up to the green he goes just so you know you're fine. <laughs> I counted it up. You're fine. I had looked at the scorecard. I was like, you sure? He's like, you got two more shots and you'll still be at 96. And I was like, all right, cool. We're done. So that was the happy news. <laughs> Just a huge accomplishment out of nowhere. Very happy about it though. Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to you on that. I'm, I'm still looking to break a hundred as we get more into golf here, but let's get to soccer. We're talking about low scoring this weekend. Just... Well, I was going to say congratulations <laughs> to you on Chelsea's shenanigans yeah. this weekend yeah con congratulations commiserations your, uh, sorry i meant commiserations something like that uh congratulations <laughs> on your first score that wouldn't buy a midfielder for chelsea your first score 100 100 million you did it um <laughs> chelsea uh yeah yeah no to so kind of a whirlwind week they they lock up caicedo they lock him up earlier in the week they lock up romeo lavia and they go into the big sunday I mean, their version of primetime game, right? 1030, that's watchable, even by Spencer's standards. Um, and they just lay an absolute egg against Fulham. Uh, or uh, West Ham, I'm sorry. Um, just a brutal display. I, I don't know, man. I got to have you take me through it. I was trying to be positive now, but the text messages at the time would say different. Uh, your boy was going through it a little bit on Sunday. Yeah, I, I would say that you were in a pretty dark place uh, <laughs> via the text messages. I was concluding you're a pretty dark place. I was in a pretty dark place too because I had had the really good week on DraftKings before betting on Chelsea, and they just came back to bite me this week. By, but um, yeah, they they lose the game three one. Andrew, um, close game, honestly. Um, yeah, goal by. I said, man, this name messed me. Chuko Wilmeka. Chuko Wilmeka. Carney. Chuko Wilmeka. Carney. Um, Why don't I just yeah. call him Carney? You're right. Yeah, you got to in the text message. My my phone will now try to auto correct to Chuko Wilmeka after I score it in, after I spell it incorrectly. But um, but yeah, no, you got to go with Carney. Um, yeah, and where where I should and that was the equalizer after just a absolute horrid piece of defending by Axel or uh, by Carney and Connor Gallagher. For a James Ward-Prowse, one of my favorite guys, can't believe, you know, oh, happy West Ham got him for $30 million. absolutely dimes up a free kick and immediately just like, oh, Andrew, hey, who do you, who's a midfielder you like that's reasonably priced? Like, oh, James Ward-Prowse. There we go. Awesome. Here we well, at go. least one team had one of their new midfielders show up for the game and play pretty well on Sunday, Andrew. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fast forward to uh, Carne Chocomeca scoring and then immediately breaking his leg. He's literally not breaking his leg, but he's going to be out for like six weeks immediately after having his first nice 
um, thing. And then um, Enzo, our our first $100 million um, buy last year, he misses a stone-cold penalty, which would have put it to 2-1. And then Chelsea fall apart from there. It gets worse. They absolutely, um, they're new, um, which is Caicedo, gives up, looks looks horrible and gives up a penalty in his own box to Lucas Paqueta who Paqueta who is eating everyone's lunch and you absolutely have to assume he's going to be suspended for a year <laughs> for uh betting on yellow cards that he's committing so um yeah everything it was like everything that can go wrong did go wrong it was a vintage Chelsea performance man vintage yeah grandpa I mean, grandfather would be proud it it just looked <laughs> disjointed again. It looked like end of season Chelsea from last year, right? Like after that game versus Liverpool and you know, we we mocked Liverpool on here and stuff. We have our fun with them. But mm. um very good team. I think Liverpool's very good. They're having some of their own weird problems right now, but on the field they're still putting out a good team. Uh Chelsea had a really good performance. I thought they were better than Liverpool in that game last week and mm-hmm. I kind of bought in that they had kind of gotten things back on track, right? Like things were starting to, that ship was starting to stabilize again. And just, it felt like right back to square one. I I guess my question for you is like, do you think maybe the two new signings coming in and like kind of being more like last season, Chelsea, things had kind of started to, for Chelsea standards, quiet down a bit. And then like Mm -hmm. the Lavia and Caicedo thing really ramps up get them both in sure but it's you know yeah. the team looks business like they're usual. yeah business as usual back to last year like do you think that might have anything to do with it like the chaos the noise on the outside starts and so, Chelsea kind of collapses in, on the pitch in in the actual game right um Caicedo starts on the bench right this brand new signing you assume he's going to start and they're going to go with the midfield three they go with the same exact lineup they played last week which looked good against Liverpool um and like Carney Chocomica is like 20 years old and they bought him from, I think either Villa or somebody for like 20 million last year. Right. He is playing like the exact, the role that Nkunku who's also injured is going to be playing. And you assume is going to be like a borderline world-class player there. So now they're having a very effective, like young player there. He gets this beautiful goal scores, right. Rips it in the top corner, like makes move, makes room in the box and he's playing like a very just like like a 10 role, right, between the striker and the winger and everything else there. And when he went off hurt, they didn't have a third. Like, he's already the backup, basically, is kind of what I'm trying to say. Long long story short, he's already the replacement for that position, right, in the system for Poch. And once he went off, they didn't have a third guy to throw into this, like, you know, hybrid 10 role that they have. Um, they put, But they how put much Mujer- of an indictment on... Mudrick is that then? Well, because Mudrick's a winger. When Mudrick comes in, you got to put him out on the wing. You got to let him stretch his legs and run. Carney's job is to play between Chilwell out on the left and Jackson in the middle. And, like, it's all supposed to just be very compact, right? And it's been working for the most part. Once he went out of the game, there wasn't another dude to throw in there. And they throw on Mudrick, and they have to change the whole system. And I don't know. I'm trying to be positive about it because they just looked so bad. And then... Like West West Ham is a tough team to play against, right? It's a team full of linebackers. They're all big and tough and everything else like that. And like Mikel Antonio will wear you down and Lucas Paqueta will trip you and kick you and then salsa dance in your face. Like 
it, it like legitimately it's it's a tough game i think anyways um and like i'm trying to trying to still be positive it's literally game two there's no need for doom and gloom at this point they haven't had any time to integrate the team um but holy cow was it a frustrating afternoon man it was it was so tough it was it was it was vintage chelsea which is the worst thing in the whole world yeah generally i watched this whole game i didn't think chelsea were overall on like the whole of the game i didn't think they played that bad right like you said if um enzo yes. tucks that penalty and makes it 2-1 and i think this game mm-hmm. ends completely differently right um you never like when a team takes a red card and you're playing 11 versus 10 for like what was it about 25 minutes or so the last 25 minutes yeah and you know they threatened a little bit but there wasn't any huge huge scoring chances that come to mind it just yeah maybe like you said when you go more to a winger like mudrick um it kind of just threw the system off a bit but I don't know. It's just it's, I I I wouldn't be sounding the alarm bells quite yet, but that was yeah. a performance after the after all the positivity that I think Chelsea fans and supporters would have felt after last week's game against Liverpool. That was kind of a revert back to the mean and you hope yes. that that's not the case. Like say say we just had like a normal not great season last year and finished like like say we had Liverpool season last year, right? Not a great season, not competing in Europe or anything like that. But, you know, what are you going to do? You finish top half still, that kind of thing. If we, if today happened, my, I would easily be able to be like, look, West Ham's a tough place to play. You know, it's such a young team. There's nobody to step up. There's no experienced player to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and be like, we're taking over, right? Thiago Silva, Silva's more, you know, experienced than anybody, but he's a defender. Um an absolute nightmare performance from like three different guys on the team. Um, if this, if, if last year didn't happen the way it did, it'd be easy to throw this out and just be like, yeah, bad game. Like reflect on that. Don't let this happen again, move forward, change the system, whatever we do, we've got a full week of practice here because last year existed. It just all felt too familiar. It all felt bad. So I'm, I'm personally trying to move past that and be like, you know what? It's just one game, but I, if they embarrass themselves or do not convincingly win against Luton Town on Friday, I'm going to freak out. That's a promise. <laughs> I'm holding it all together. If you don't beat the newly, you know, promoted side that plays in the closet, and I, I like Luton. I would like them to be a good, tough team, but got thrashed in their opening game, right? If you don't convincingly beat those guys... I'm going to start being negative in a very convincing way. I promise. I believe in the business. We call that a tease. So tune in next week. If uh, Chelsea do somehow have another bad performance. Uh, <laughs> one last thing I do want to mention just before we move on is um, they didn't have Reese James, obviously after the knock in the first sure. game, I think that is important. We should at least mention that mm-hmm. um, big part of the team, but kind and, of moving and, and, a, and a big part of your DraftKings lineup that was not performing. Um, <laughs> big part of the one the week before. Yeah. I tried to go for Gusto and there it was, that was not a like for like change. I suppose, yeah, for, but, for uh, a guy whose last name is Gusto. He didn't seem to play with a lot of Gusto. It was, it was yeah. frustrating. Um, him yeah, him no and DeSassi were having a competition to see who could play worse. Sorry, go ahead. I'm hijacking your, your point. 
No, you're fine. But um, just ask you yeah, I, I mean, speaking of um, guys being out, we kind of talked last week. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne out, so we got our first real taste. Well, I guess Wednesday last week we got our first real taste of City without De Bruyne when they took home the vaunted UEFA Super Cup. <laughs> Added to the trophy oh, cabinet. Yeah. Yep. How I watched. We, how could we remember? <laughs> Andrew, as a City fan, I watched zero seconds of that game. But I, when you trophy. texted me asking if I had watched the game, I didn't know. What, I, I, for someone, we are very aware of all the soccer going on, right? Especially in the group chat between the two of us. You said something about like Cole Palmer scoring or whatever. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you said, who are you guys <laughs> playing is actually what you texted. I thought you were, I thought Spencer was being like a true, like sicko and being like, it's an inter squad scrimmage with Ipswich town. And I've got it streaming here. And I'm like, Whoa, buddy. Yeah, Even dude, I the think under fucking 23s up. are playing, dude. What are you talking about? You get, basically, the under 23s are playing for you guys. You got Foden, <laughs> Palmer. Um, that's it. The rest of your team's older than anything. But um, yeah, Holland, Alvarez, I guess. But yeah, but, con- con- yeah. Con- congratulations on your, what is it? The uh, Carabao Super Cup. I don't care about the Super Cup. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Well, it's it's like the it's the epitome of like trophies that the community shield, I did the same thing with the community shield a few weeks ago. Like if they, if you win it, then you're like, Oh, that's cool. Like not over the top, but you're like, that's fine. And if you lose it, you're like, well, I don't care. It doesn't actually matter. So perfect trophy range for that. But the first game that really counted of city was over the weekend without Kevin De Bruyne and Andrew against Newcastle. Yeah. I think you can maybe make the argument. They were never going to play that midweek game with Kevin De Bruyne. Um, so not having him is not really a loss. But speaking of, I mean, a little bit of a disappointing or, or questionable performance. How are we feeling after that? One nil, one nil win. When's the last time you guys beat a team one nil? It's a typo. I see. I no. It's, like it's supposed I, to be I, eleven. I'm gonna go at <laughs> you on that one, Andrew. Right. I think that that was the difference between City winning kind of the games like the big big games last year i think is they've learned more how to win these close games than in years past like i think years past it was a lot of like five nil or bust if it's like a two to one game they're kind of in one they're in trouble i i was a lot more confident with them this week i mean hey let's start with newcastle again i would say even in a loss shoving it up my hoop for saying they're not making top four they look really good they look stout Mm -hmm. They looked compact. They looked well-drilled. Like, they knew what they were doing. And they looked like they have some attack to them, too. Like, they had some chances. City played a really, really good defensive game, for the most part, to stymie them. But Newcastle's going to make some noise in this league. So, for starters, one nil doesn't bother me against a team that good, as they looked. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just for two, first game without De Bruyne, you could tell they were a little bit lacking that look when De Bruyne has been healthy he's just that guy right he is that lock picker he they they funnel the ball the game plan is get the ball to Kevin let him open things up for better or worse I've said like last year when he had some rough patches of form the team looked really off because he's not making those passes and they're still funneling him the ball all the time they're they were lacking a playmaker they were kind of trying to figure that out on the fly um, not as many chances as a normal game. That Alvarez chance was their first real good one of the game that I can remember off the top of my head. But mm-hmm. goes in the net, they hold on, and 
three points is three points against a tough team. I'll take that all day. Yeah, no, um, I think really, like, of course, because you guys are just absolutely the opposite of snake bitten um, in just this performance that you guys have been putting on for the last, like, two years. Did it feel, okay, here's what it felt like to me. Felt like the Phil Foden coming out party because you've been kind of shelved the mm-hmm. last couple of years. When you guys bought Grealish, right, it was like, why would they buy Grealish when they have Foden? And then Grealish played great. So then people kind of not forget about Foden because he's English and young and, you know, exciting in that way, right? <clears throat> but now the system is around Phil and Holland, right? As opposed to it would be like, well, Phil, go in there and get some minutes over here, or you can start on the wing and play whatever. Now it is like, hey, option one, Erling Holland. Get that dude the ball, let him play. Option two is Phil. And I think he had a masterful performance on the weekend here. I think it was not his coming out party, but his like, like, uh, like almost like his like forgot about Dre, right? It's like, you forgot about Phil? I'm over here terrorizing dudes. I'm the best young English player. Here I go. You know, that kind of thing, right? It's like, I, I just was very, very impressed with Phil Foden. Yeah, he, um, Kind of just what you alluded to, like he has been kind of forced into a lesser role since Grealish is coming out party. Um, I've always kind of thought watching well, him. Well, hold on. By coming out party, do you mean like $75 million move from a different Premier League team? Is that what you mean? It's not exactly a coming out party when you are like the British attacking transfer record. Let's, uh, no, let's well, be I fair. Mean, he, let's be fair to well, Jack I mean, Grealish. Guy's a player. Sorry, I, well, no, I mean that in his first year he was not good at city oh and okay last sure, sure, year sure. he had his coming out party of like his coming out party at city i guess okay but, um i thought you were i thought yeah, you were Foden, trying to make like jack grealish into like a quiet move that went under the radar i was like what hold on man sorry didn't yeah, interrupt some, you but i thought no you were, it's fine go ahead uh, yeah i was not insinuating jack grealish was just some like lad from barnsley that we bought for like 200 exactly and he's palmer, just come out of yeah. nowhere <laughs> yeah he's not cole palmer <laughs> um but no, so like not even as a not even as, like by his own doing did Phil Foden kind of fall behind a bit in the pecking order, but just a little bit lesser of a role than he's had in the prior few years, I guess you'd say last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've always found Foden more effective kind of in that hybrid 10 role, kind of like you were just talking about with Carney a minute ago. Yeah. I think that's Foden's better role than being like a true left winger he's not he hasn't been on like the right wing we barely ever play him there but he doesn't look good when he is over there but Mm -hmm. kind of in that more hybrid 10 role that's always looked better to me the problem is that kevin de bruyne maybe is the best 10 in the entire world so (laughs) yeah the position um, is filled yeah yeah so not the best path to playing time for him but um i'm with you he looked fantastic he looked like he was up for that role for that challenge if De Bruyne is out for a long amount of time this year um you feel confident I mean it's look I I understand when people get fucking frustrated with City like it's when you're when your backup plan is Phil Foden who's one of the what 20 best players in the world probably that's a hell of a backup plan but, yeah uh, <laughs> plan B is better than boy. most teams play a, or plan a. yeah um yeah no I I think especially like um Cause like it, it kind of shows the growth of like the organizational structure, right? Because the last time there was a quote unquote wonder kid at city, right? 
what happened? His name was Leroy Sané, and he didn't quite think he was, like to me anyways, if I'm missing somebody, you you got more city dollars than I do. But he didn't really think he was getting the respect he deserved or the playing time he deserved. And Potch was kind of, or not Potch, but uh, Pep was kind of, you know, keeping him locked in instead of letting him go, right? So he makes makes a fuss, moves to Bayern, and everybody's worked out fine, right? Everybody's having a good time. You know, you guys moved on, they moved on. Everybody's happy in their new relationship. But, I mean, this time you have an equally kind of prodigious talent at a very young age. And what does Pep do? He just keeps him there, gives him some seasoning, right? Like, keeps him like, hey, you and Cole Palmer are the same. And it's just like, they're not. But, you know, you keep everybody treated the same level. And it's just like the institution of Manchester City, you guys now kind of have that ingrained versus before it was like, I'm a great player. Get me out of here if I'm not playing all the time. I would, trust me, I would love to wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it might have something to do with the fact that he grew up a Manchester City fan, though. <laughs> like, I think that if he, well, hold on, if hold he on. did... As, as someone with a lot of people who grew up the supporter of that team, it's very easy to say you grew up a supporter of the team if you've won, but in the academy since you were 10. But the second, maybe a different team turns your... You know, he's a, he's a Manchester City born and bred fan right now, but, you know, Mason Mount was too, and now he's... Fair. You know, 007 fair there. yep hey just just it's one of those things it's like one of those like english things that people always say that like bothers me it's like he's a fan of the team it's like i bet he's a fan of playing professional soccer more and starting on the weekend you want to bet let's see what he cares about more when it comes down to it but yeah sorry yeah I, I i think it's a little bit of both honestly like i i think that if he was just some like say say Sane for example, if he's just some German kid we bought it in or something, he might have made a little more of a fuss too about his playing time at this point. I think when when you combine, he's from there, he's winning trophies still, he's still important enough to the team. Maybe not being the first name on the team sheet was okay with him, but um, mm-hmm. look, he's gonna get his role nonetheless. Either way, that he's gonna get his chance to really shine over the next several months, and if. Saturday was any indication. Um, good things to come. I think that City just might be okay without that redheaded number ten. Yeah, how will they survive with their with their scrappy group of underdogs here? Um, <laughs> do you? Final question on City, and then I think we'll kind of open up to some just bigger soccer points we've had going on throughout the weekend. Catch up a little bit here as the other leagues in the world get rolling, but. Are we this defensive unit? Is this the best defensive unit you've seen early in a season from City? Because man, do they look pretty stingy? I'll be honest with you. I don't not ready to play against those guys. Yeah, I mean, I think last season down the stretch is the best defense I've ever seen in City play in mm-hmm. my time being a fan. Um, with the kind of four center back system, just guys across the back with like Ake and Akanji at the wing back positions. Um, that was insane. You just throw Gvardiol into that. He's, I mean, early impressions for me have been pretty good for him too. Um, couple small mistakes here and there passing wise, just kind of getting used to the way the team breaks the ball out of their own ends at times, but that should hopefully come with time. But yeah, I, I would say this defensive unit's, only getting better it seems like to me from last year so definitely the best i've seen under my lifetime yeah and he and he's kind of slotted right in at like left back right like just a true like back four but four center backs or well 
three and your boy Kyle Walker. Um, <laughs> you know, captain, just just uh, the poster child for city success. Um, I did. I did text you during the game just of like, which this is like when I don't feel like an idiot for this take about Kyle Walker and him being good at what he's good at. But Newcastle's whole things. system, yeah. Newcastle's <laughs> very good at those at, at be playing defense and running. He's very good at those two things. He is not the best on the ball. Newcastle were like, hey, we're going to give this guy literally all the space in the world and just fucking right. mark the fucking shit out of everybody else. They did it. We couldn't score forever. We only scored one goal in this game because Kyle Walker was on the ball about, uh, I'd say he probably had the ball it just felt like, for like 10 minutes of this game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like literally it was probably 10 minutes and that's about eight and a half minutes I, at least more than you'd like. Can I tell you what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like when you know a kid can't shoot playing basketball and you're in like a two, three zone and you just refuse to close out on him. You're just like, no, shoot it. Go. No, don't stop. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to guard. Nope. Go ahead and it's, shoot that. It's going to be a brick, man. We know you can't shoot. It's Kyle Walker. It's everyone ben else. Simmons everyone open else, for three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's every, everyone else on this team is an absolute certified like baller. Right when it comes to like playing passes, one twos, running in behind, those type of things, and Kyle Walker is like, very like he's pretty good at those things. But the city, it's one of those things like it's a very British thing to say like they're just not at our level. It's like he is just not at that level with the passing and the vision and everything else. And I know he frustrates you to no end, but to see a team just very blatantly be like, you know, Guardiola has the ball, pressure him. Rodri has the ball, pressure him. Like. Diaz has the ball, pressure him. Ederson has the ball, pressure him. Okay, swing it out to the right-hand side. Nobody's sprinting. <laughs> Just kind of like, oh, I hope Kyle Walker doesn't make a play that hurts us here. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a hell of a game plan. It, it worked nearly to perfection for them. Just the one beautiful strike by Alvarez is the only thing that Yeah, which was a beautiful strike. Foiled. Hardly talked about that. It was... Yeah. Yeah, foiled Eddie Howe, good game plan. Um, Newcastle were, I think they looked good. They were pretty frustrated, I think, by the city defense, which, um, I mean, it's early in the season, but that was actually the part that made me respect the city defense more. Like, the performance was good. How frustrated I thought the Newcastle players were is actually what made me go, oh, I think they're really good not just having a good day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like when you see the other team get visibly frustrated, you're like, yeah, they're organized. They're all in the right spots. There's nowhere to go. Right. It's <sighs> we're, we're off to another Newcastle will be all right. System. Newcastle will be all right. They'll live to see another day. Um, but let's take, let's take kind of a little bit of a wider scope here, buddy. Um, I've got five big questions about soccer as a whole we all all the main leagues have started now italy's playing i don't know if france is playing that's a farmer's league mls is in full swing um the bundesliga started off um and congrats to harry kane who had a kid what today yesterday i was seeing it online that he couldn't go two weeks without a son and then it was a picture of a human son i thought that was great um (laughs) but um five big questions we are gonna stay in the premier league for the first one here, but are Arsenal okay, Spencer? Are Arsenal okay? Question number one, are they okay? So first off, 
fuck the EPL for putting that game yesterday on <laughs> Monday. Like, just put yes. the games on the weekend, guys. Put Come the on. games on the weekend. Like, I, I don't even love the Friday night one, but at least like Friday afternoon at work, most of the time I can be like, you right. know what? We're pretty slow. I can figure this out. Like the Monday afternoon one, that's brutal. Come on, guys. But right. I did get to kick it on for like the last 20 minutes or so because I saw that um, Arsenal were a man down and only up by the one goal and Crystal Palace. God love them. They kicked, they must have put like six perfect crosses into the box and nobody was on the end of them. Maybe that team needs a striker. Who would have fucking thought? But nonetheless, the question's <laughs> about Arsenal. Um, you don't believe in I think Arsenal and Edward? <laughs> you don't? That's crazy. Yeah, that the combination of like him and Jordan Ayu is not doing it for me. So, um, talk about a player I always think is playing so incredibly hard and just doesn't quite have it like <laughs> yeah right he, like does anybody look better when they're like pressing aggressively than like Jordan Ayu you're like that guy must be dynamite and then he gets the ball and it's like oh that might be awesome and it's just not he's quite literally on. got two cinder blocks for feet yeah it's tough well, he's he's um, like 85 percent of a great player yeah <laughs> you're so close yeah but um nonetheless uh, the Arsenal side of it, yeah, I, I think, honestly, Arsenal is fine here, Andrew. Like, the Nottingham Forest one, they were up 2 nothing in the first game. Gave up a late goal, and there was a push by Looked Forest. Shaky. But see that out. Yeah. Yeah. Saw it out. Looked shaky. Yuri yeah. um, and Timber gets hurt, but that's just an excuse to bring Gabrielle back in there, which was, like, weird to bench him in the first place to me. Well, it's, yeah, um, it's like, oh, who are they going to play? Tomayasu, Zinchenko, Ben White, Gabrielle. Like, come yeah. on. You guys buy center backs all the time. It's not an excuse. Right. And so, yeah, the, the Crystal Palace game doesn't look like the most dominating thing. I mean, look, they, they went down a man. They had to hold on to the game late. You'd like to score more goals. But Selhurst Park is like a weirdly kind of tough place to play. Like City have had weird struggles up there over the years. I've kind of called mm. Crystal Palace a weird bogey team for them over the years. So yeah. I've got no no red flags up for Arsenal on my part. Okay. Here, Andrew, how about you? Just, hey, they're big questions. We gotta ask them, man. Um for a team that came in from the offseason, I feel like just flying so high, right? We got Rice, we got Parday, we got Odegaard, we got, you know, as soon as Gabriel Jesus comes back, but that wasn't really a problem for us last year. Except for, except for it kind of was a problem. It was a little bit of a problem. They didn't have their striker all year. But they just came in with so much kind of, you know, and, they're, and they're, they're, they have six points from two games, right? That's as good as you can do. They looked shaky against Forrest. Um, I think you can make an argument that Crystal Palace kind of outplayed them in that second half there, right? Or at least deserved an equalizer. Um, I think they'll be fine, but... Uh, you know, we got to ask these questions. These are, these are the five big questions, man. We got to ask them. They're important. We got to keep our eye on these things as they keep going. Are you ready for question number two, Spencer? Hit me, Andrew. Do you believe in Brighton? Brighton off to a wonderful start. 100% record in the Premier League here. Good season last year. Do we believe in Brighton, Spencer? I, if nothing else, I believe in Brighton's fucking recruiting department because they just keep getting rid of guys and bring up random fucking Peruvian people or whatever to replace them <laughs> and just sell them on for a hundred million. So my favorite, um, my fa can I tell you my favorite Peruvian wonder kid? Sure. It's James Milner. 
That guy's got a huge future. In front of <laughs> I thought you were just going to say whichever one Chelsea buy from him next. <laughs> no, I, I do. Do I think Brighton can talk us into spending $48 million on James Milner next year? Yes, I do. Uh, do I think that would be a good move? No, I do not. But, like, with Brighton, I – look, What I guess what do we mean by for real? Do we mean, like, top four? I don't know. Like, I, I think they are what they were last year, though. Like, I don't think that they're going anywhere, right? There's not going to be – I, I never thought there was going to be this big drop-off or something, right? Like, where sure. maybe yeah. they would come into this year and, like, sell a couple guys and now it looks like a completely different product. Um, I think we do have to say, I, I guess my answer would be no. Cause I think we're Ooh. going with like, are they, are they going to take that next step? I don't think so yet. Like I'm not ready to jump to that conclusion just because they have been two impressive victories. They did it against Luton and Wolves, Andrew. Like we think both those teams are going to be in the thick of a relegation fight this year. Yes. So yeah. Beat somebody big, and maybe I'll start to buy a little more stock and them taking other steps. But for now, I think I'm going to go, no. They are what they were last year, but I don't think they're ascending much higher than that. That seems fair. Um, I think the the question with them is more like, what I, I'm curious to what they think a successful season is. Right? Like right. If, you, if, you get, if you give them truth serum, right? And I'm not even talking to Zerby because I think he's – a great coach, but a borderline insane person. I think the Serbi wants to win the league this year. I just think he's that type of person, right? If you gave like whoever their top brass is, right? Truth serum, like what, what's the lowest rank you guys could have this year in the premier league table and call it a successful season. I think you would say if they do, if they qualify for Europe twice in a row, right? They would be ecstatic over the top, right? Because it's not easy, but it's like, it's similar to Fulham last year, Right. Fulham had all the pieces kind of fall into place for them, right? Reem's having a great season. Jedi's good on their left. Mitrovic is having a run, right? The whole team's playing well. Shoot, all of a sudden we're top top half of the table. Like, that was not expected. People thought they might get relegated last year. And, like, this is the better version of that. So being able to do it twice, right? I think if they finish top eight, then you have to, like, believe in Brighton. But they have given nothing this year to show that they are not going for the top of the table. Like mm-hmm. you can only beat who's in front of you. They'll have tough games coming up where we can kind of measure against them, but I don't want to play that team right now. They're flying. And just to be fair to them, I am disparaging the two teams they beat. Like look at Arsenal last year. They had that cupcake schedule to start and they rolled that along all the way into like rode that momentum to a title race. So yeah, no, really that's yeah, you can. Like you said, you can only play who's on the schedule. And if you keep racking up wins, you build confidence. Like you can take that <laughs> very far away until, you know, you choke it after New Year's, I guess. To to to, tra- <laughs> to translate for our American listeners, this is not, you know, college football we got starting up this weekend. This is not week zero. This is not a cupcake coming into town to get pulverized by Georgia and Alabama just to get another home game on the schedule. Right? They're, they can only play who's in front of them, and it happens to be cupcakes for the first couple of weeks, but – you know, they'll, they'll have a test coming up here, and we'll kind of be able to to see where they're at. Are we ready to take it abroad here, Spencer? And by abroad, I mean abroad, but also keeping it local. Let's do it, Andrew. What do you got for number three? Number three of our five big questions, is Italy the perfect place for U.S. men's national team development? Should we be funneling all of our young talent there 
as Christian Pulisic scores, explodes on the weekend, looks like a good start for your boy from formerly from Chelsea. Here's where I'm at with USMNT players, Andrew. There's three options. There's three places you can go for your development. It's the only three places I want you to go. It's okay. Italy, yep. it's fucking Germany, or it's fucking the Netherlands. Everybody else can Ooh, piss off. Okay. I kind of like that. That's great. Okay. Like, I, and I, I would say like the Italy is like where we want our top tier players, right? Yeah. I want Italy to be our triple A, right? Yep. We want our best players marinating there, getting a lot of non-contact minutes, <laughs> running against teams like Brescia and Bologna and all these other teams that are not like the Premier League where they're going to try to break your kneecap if you dribble past them. Because Pulisic scored, for anybody who didn't see, look it up, an absolute banger. I absolutely recommend there's the Italian broadcast where they literally start chanting USA, USA. It's fantastic. Um Wea played. Wea played well for Juve. Um, and I'm missing someone else here. Who else was the other player that played well? Uh, McKinney. I think, actually, Wea came in for McKinney, and they both kind of played right wing back. So uh, a little tactically <laughs> confusing, I guess you would say. But, um, yeah, I, I'm happy to treat Italy as our as our AAA. Just let people play with Giroud there. Get a, get a striker going. Just build some team building. Yeah, it's just it's nice to see these guys all getting on the field, right? Because as much as I think we'd love to see Americans in the Premier League, like it was fun last year to be able to turn on a Leeds and see three Americans on the field and an American on the sideline. That's like that's all fun, but I think the best level they can play at is like that Italian style level where look, mm-hmm. just the English media, they're fucking crazy. I know I say this a lot, but they're they're fucking psychotic, man. The the teams in the Premier League, like it's not really a shot at our guys, our American guys, but like they're teams like Bournemouth are spending a fuck ton of money. Like they're the squads are so deep, especially at the top end of like a Chelsea when yeah. they're buying literally everybody and Christian Pulisic can't even sniff a minute on the field. Yeah. Um I want these be guys playing. somewhere where they can play. Yeah. Yep. And they gotta play, the Italian gotta league's ascending, I think, too. I, I sure hope so, man. And, like, you still get that top-tier competition. Like, it's, a you know, one of the top six leagues in the world, right? Wherever you want to rank it amongst them is arguable. But, like, they're going to be in the Champions League, right, this year or next. And I think that mm-hmm. that really matters, right? So it's not – and I, I don't think that it's undoable for, a for a, like, a U.S. men's national team player to – really succeed as an outfield player in the premier league. Right. I think you can do that. I just think there is a natural bias against the American players, right. That they're very quick that like the meat, the English media is just different than other media. Right. They're very quick to show that. Right. Mm -hmm. They're very quick to be like, well, he doesn't really quite get it. He's an American or I don't know if he's going to play hard or work hard. It's like everybody we've brought over there. Right gets criticized for things. It's like, you're going to criticize Brendan Aronson for not like working hard in the press. Like that's all that dude does. Mm-hmm. Like the truth is you just don't like him and you'd rather have some dude who used to play at Swindon town and fought his way up. It's like, just stop it, man. Like just stop it. I, I hope one day the premier league can be a safe place for all us men's national team products. But until then ball out in Italy, man, 
ball out in the Netherlands, ball out in Germany. All great. All great. Yeah, I, I'd agree. It's just, it's a weird time in the Premier League with them. Let's just go to Italy where it's a little quieter, especially for a guy like Christian, go to Italy where it's a little quieter, mm-hmm. um, less criticism. I mean, not that there aren't diehard ultras in Milan. They absolutely are. But oh, yeah. Less of that crazy English American style rivalry and stuff. So just go there, ball out, and come back home when we need you. Yeah, man. Um, speaking of people balling out, right now, question number four is Jude Bellingham. Now, listen to the wording of the question the best player actually playing in world football right now. Right? You got Mbappe. Mm-hmm. He's not playing. You've got Holland. Mm-hmm. Not off to a, I mean, off to a good start of the season, but, you know, he hasn't scored in one whole game. So it's time to start looking at that. Jude Bellingham, three goals and two for Real Madrid. Can't say he's not doing it at the highest level. Is Jude Bellingham right now the best player actually playing in world football? Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're spot on with the Holland didn't score last game, so obviously washed, or at least that's how people like yeah, to treat it. Not I know, I know. <laughs> I know you're joking, but they're like, it is, it is funny how I, I feel like every week it's like Holland doesn't score. It's like, it know, is surprising. He, he does. He, he doesn't. Well, like I, I love hearing the conversation of people being like, well, he doesn't do a ton off the ball. Does he now? Like, he, he, oh my Lord, his touches are bad. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what are we talking about? The guy score. He's a robot that scores goals. I, I understand there's deficiency, but literally the hardest thing to do he's the best in the world at it right now yeah and the thing and the things he's best at are the hardest things to do like the reason he's so special is because when you put it onto his left foot and it doesn't go in we were talking about this a little bit in the game the other day he had a couple chances he missed Mm -hmm. i can't tell you the last time i saw him miss multiple chances in a game maybe one never two so he's yeah i would maybe see what you can get for him yeah full maybe that might be the play Mitrovic just left. It's a I good mean, point. Well, sore subject. <laughs> let's not even go there. This has become a sad boy pod. But let's circle back to Bellingham here. Is he the best player playing right now? Um, I mean, what the argument would probably be besides Holland, you know, even though he's doing it against like part-time accountants, Messi scoring goals like crazy in MLS. Yeah. Um but I mean, look, I, I think it's those those three when you talk about people that are playing the sport right now. When you take out mm-hmm. Mbappe and such, Neymar but, out. Yep. Yeah. Well, guys that play in Saudi Arabia just don't count either. So true. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. Do you catch the Al Shabab game? Me either. I don't even know if that's a team. Yeah. Keep doing it. Though. Great job, people tweeting it out like it matters. You keep. Keep going for those tweets, Bleacher Report. You can do it. Nobody gives <laughs> That'll a grow shit, the game in America. Man. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. It's it's the worst thing. I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, Bleacher Report paid subscription had the Champions League in America. God, yeah. soccer's come such a long way in this country. Nobody can Thank tell God. me otherwise. <laughs> but um, Bellingham, man, yeah, I mean, he's, he's insane, man. And let's just go with I'm really happy he's at Madrid and not like Liverpool yes. or United or something. So he's, if he's it wasn't going to be me, thank God he's in Spain. It's it's nice to have him elsewhere and not be a domestic problem. Like if he was like fixing United's midfield right now or solidifying like Liverpool and pushing them over the top, 
or like, I don't even know what he'd be doing for Arsenal, but I'd be super distraught about how it's going to affect the next 10 years of my life. But no, just go over to Real Madrid, man. Just go play over there. Maybe we'll see in the Champions League. Maybe not. Not my problem. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll broach that when we get there. <laughs> and and yeah, we'll talk about that in like February, whether Real Madrid can get it done at the highest level. Um, and finally, well, I will. You won't. I'll be on the pod at the very least. Um, but yeah, really. <laughs> Sorry, really that was free- a shot. That was that was mean. absolutely a shot. Oh, man. <laughs> um, you took a horrible shot this weekend. We won't even bring up. Um, <laughs> I've been fiery lately. <laughs> oh, KDB goes down with one little injury. Oh wait, nope. <laughs> He's done that before. I didn't know this was such a meaningful <laughs> game with Newcastle. I guess maybe it's a title preview. <laughs> he usually waits to go, you know, to miss out on the big games, but. You know, nice of him to kind of give Newcastle a bump. Um, question number five, getting back to the domestic league here with the Premier League. Is it possible Spurs finish above United? They played this weekend. Spurs outclassed them in every single way. Long term, right, is this a sign of things to come or a kind of like we've been talking about for other teams, early season stumble for United or good things to come from Spurs. I guess kind of choose your own adventure on, on where you think that could go. But what do we take from this game? What do we take from a comprehensive Spurs drubbing of United? So the first takeaway I have from this game is that this is a very anti-Spurs podcast at time. We love to, not anti-Spurs. I guess we, they're like little brother though. We love to fucking pick on Spurs a little bit they're, sometimes. They're also on here. easy to pick on. They're like so even I can take a shot. Even Andrew. I can take shots at Spurs when things are going so bad. You've never they're won anything so, ever. It's so easy. It's right there. It's they're they're just so Spursy, right? They're it's just it's the low hanging fruit. It's you know we're we we just can't pass up on it. Sometimes I will give Spurs this though. They're fucking fun this year, Andrew. They're yeah, fucking man. fun over Ange. Ange Postacoglu's got that thing rolling right now. A uh, little yeah. iffy first week performance, but. Um, but even that game was fun. Like, what was it? Like mm-hmm. three, three or something? I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was like three, three. I'm actually looking for it now. I can't click around and find it to save my life. But um, it, it was a high scoring draw. Two, I know two, that much. two, two with Brentford. Two, two. But see, it was so fun that I even sold him an extra goal, and so like they were doing something right. But yeah, they're fun. I'll I'll give them that. I I don't think this is going to translate to the most successful like points wise season though. They are a little, they're definitely not the finished product at this point to me. So I I think United's going to get back on the rails, like been a little bit of an uneven start. They're trying to integrate a couple new people into the team. Um, Mm -hmm. Hasn't really meshed all that well yet, but I think they will get on track. They will finish ahead of Spurs because they'll just be more consistent, but Spurs, Spurs have now they've gotten to the point where if I see they're on and it's like no other real game to watch and they're playing like right. not you, the you, most the, boring team. You start drifting to they're their going channel. On TV. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, no, I think the Spurs are the easiest team to pick on historically and everything else. And United's the most important team to pick on. Nothing brings me more joy than picking on United people because it's just so fun, man. Nobody gets more I mean it's the Cowboys, it's the Yankees, right? It is nobody gets more easily butthurt than a Man United fan. You know this, right, Spencer? Because 
I mean, they're your little brother. You're, they're just looking down on you all the time, or you're looking down on them all the time. Great job bringing in yeah. Ronaldo. We'll see how that goes, right? Like things like that. It's just, you know, thank God they went and got Mason Mount for $65 million. What a move. Who would have thought that maybe that wasn't going to work out perfectly? Harry Maguire, stripped of the captaincy. Are we going to sell him? Nope, he's still here. Why? Because you couldn't sell him. Oh, well, then what are we doing? Um, and it's not like Lissandro Martinez is lighting the world on fire back there. Um, Rafael Leao, or Rafael Leao, Rafael Varane, still good. Bruno Fernandez, still good. Marcus Rashford, still good. The rest of these guys, I don't know. Casemiro, too, still good. But, you know, can they put a team together here? I want to talk about how much fun the Spurs midfield is, which I think I'm probably on record as saying is the most boring group of individuals in the whole world with like Pierre Emmerich Hoybier they've had there for the last couple of years. And like they slide Eric Dyer into the midfield sometimes over the last couple of years. Um, Mete Sar looks incredible. He's Basuma looks like he's like risen from the dead. He was on the team the whole year last year. He was hurt, but like, yeah, he's taking on players. He's like digging out as like a six. I was like, oh my gosh, where did they go get these guys? Like, they were on the team the whole time. It's like, you were there the whole time? It's like a Scooby-Doo mystery. It's like, they pulled off the mask, and they were like, who do you want to play in midfield? They pulled the mask off. It was old man Williker from the Abandoned Mindship. He was right there in the beginning of the episode. You just put that guy in, and sometimes it all works out. Um, But, no, it's great. Um, My other favorite thing about Spurs is how mad Richarlison is, always. They won... 2-0, 2-0, whatever it was, right? 2-0, comprehensive beating of um, Man United. Huge moment for the club. He gets subbed off in like the 75th minute, and you would have thought they were down 19 to nothing. He was so mad because he just wasn't getting his service and that kind of thing. And, like, I know that's how good strikers are, but something to keep a watch out for this year is angry Richarlison getting subbed. The dude is just yeah, angry. Plays with an angry chicken, finally man. got. They finally got rid of that po- – like, I feel like in his mind, he's just like, they finally got rid of that stupid Harry Kane. I don't even know why he was playing in front of me. Meanwhile, everyone else on the team was like, yeah, why did we even get you, Richarlison? Like, you were surplus. He's like, no, I was the main man. They brought me in to be the number one player. And now he has this opportunity, and they're like, they keep just pushing it out wide and then not crossing it to me. What are they doing? What are they doing? And he's, like, slamming things when he comes off in the sub. And it's just like – he got subbed off with somebody the other day. And – you know, the other guy who came off the field, happy as can be, 75 minutes, great running. Richarlison, not happy. So much fun. You got to think that guy, like, somehow softens up on, like, the training pitch or something because he seems like the least likable teammate of all time. Like, he's just <laughs> – I never see him being nice. Like, he's just – trying to steal penalties. Remember the thing with the penalty last yes, year or the year yes, before yes, where yes. like they took the penalty ball and he's like throwing a fit, like holding on to the ball. Like, no, I take the penalties and the manager's yelling like, no, you fucking don't you chicken man. <laughs> We've talked about this Richarlison. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine Richarlison telling a joke. It would never happen. Can you imagine him being like funny or fun to be around? Like, I hope he is, right? You know what I mean? Like, he, he's Brazil's number nine, kind of, somehow. Like, you always want that player to be good or interesting, and he's certainly interesting. He might be good, but he is a maniac, I think. So, something to keep track of there for Spurs fans. It's just, like, you want your striker or, like, any star player in any sport, I feel like you want them to be a little crazy just because yeah. that's good to have. Like, 
he's like, you know, those memes that are going around of like people on TikTok and stuff where they're like, God making my husband. And they like pour a little water for like one thing. And then it's like horny or something. And they pour the whole pitcher. It's like he was like adding Richarlison's a little bit angry. And somebody like tapped him on the shoulder and just fucking just guzzled the, the whole, whole thing, thing yeah, in there. Exactly. <laughs> Uncontrollable <Anger>. rage. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was my, that was my favorite part of the win. Um, I just real quick on United, just like, I, they haven't given us anything over the first two games. Like, yeah, they got outplayed. You got outplayed by wolves. Brighton just ran wolves off the pitch. It might be wolf now. I don't even know if there are multiple wolves (laughs) left in Wolverhampton. I think it's wolf. Um, after, you know, yeah, Brandon's struggling. Yeah. Yeah, after James Milner's through with them, yeah, it's a wolf for sure. Um, but they got run off the pitch, and then they got run off the pitch again. Like, it's almost – I mean, they, I know they won the Wolves game, right? But at the same time, like, it should have at least been a penalty to Craig Dawson. But, um, yeah, wasn't impressive for sure. No, the the worst team sitting at three points or the least impressive team sitting at three points this weekend. I'm going to give it to – Absolutely united, and I hope Spurs finish above them, and I hope that means Spurs got ninth and uh, United get tenth. Just kind of a nice, fun end of season there. Um, Spencer, one more thing before we get out of here. Do you want to introduce our next segment, our final segment on this episode? Yeah, Andrew, so last week we asked for some emails or like questions or anything. And we did get a fun one. Um, fish, fish and fries pod at gmail.com. Hit us up Twitter, anything else there, but yep. There's the plug. I remember the plug yes. just for once. Yeah. Plug God dude. But yeah, fun email. Um, something we've kind of considered doing in the past and we were happy to see a request like this was to help people find a club who don't, have a club they support in this sport so they can really you know i think you can from afar like the league but until you really get that club and get kind of really into the nitty-gritty that's most people's intro into really liking this sport so we had an email that uh asked us if we could help a fan find their club andrew yeah yeah we did um a little bit of a longer email what we're thinking this week is we will read the email And then we will give a little bit of a thought and then we will be back next week with our reveal of this fan's new team. Because that is what they're writing in about is to try to find a new team or well, not a new team, their first team. Um, I'll go ahead and start reading it here. It's from Zach, uh, a different Zach than we had last week. I know we only have Zach's on so apparently so far this year. Hey, fellas, first time, long time, 6'2", 235, ding. Shout out to the Dan Patrick Show. Um, I'd say that I have a below average soccer knowledge, even for an American, yet elite abilities as a fan. I liken the issue of developing an EPL fanhood to growing up in Illinois, a college football fan. We were, prime, we were in prime Big Ten country, but I had no ties to any Big Ten schools. What's more, the teams I had at my fingertips were the lowly Illinois Fighting Illini, and the frisky but illegitimate Northwestern Wildcats, and then he includes here Fitzgerald, got railroaded, which maybe he did, maybe he didn't. We'll see, um, but re- referring to the coach there. So without a real rooting direction, I am, again, a man without a country. To solve this problem, 
Andrew and I, this is my brother here, hitched our wagons to the Rich Rod era Michigan Wolverines. Great traditions, sick uniforms, and looking back, a great non-frontrunner time to stake a claim in the program that's now returned to glory. I like Michigan, but it never really stuck like any like my other fan allegiances. Now, my wife and her whole family are Gopher fans. They tailgate, and the vast majority of them are alumni, referring to the University of Minnesota, Go Gophers. Um, I also happen to, <clears throat> to get to become friends with several notable players over the last few years, so row the boat, Sky Yuma, Go Gophers, as the Minnesotans would say. Turns out access to games and the team can really legitimize a fanhood. While I am far from a big soccer fan or e or EPL fan, I'm more and more intrigued by the sport. As one of the likely thousands of fish heads out there across the globe, I shall trust in your expertise and do almost zero research of my own. Boys, who should my team be? Um, and then he's got four points here that I think are kind of a good starting point. Um Relevance. First point is he wants a team that's relevant. Not a team at the very top, but I am looking to be, but I'm not looking to be a passenger on the Mahomes Chiefs bandwagon, but I would like a team that's a contender more often than not throughout their history. Point number two, at least one American. Uh, in parentheses, we would also accept a notable former player as the team's American contributor. Hey, you can't be, and then he says, hey, you can't be overly patriotic and not have at least one guy who would bleed for old glory. Number three, Gritty. This should be self-explanatory. Sometimes you got to run the damn football, control the clock, and punch the other team in the mouth. A team Bud Grant, Bill Cower, or Will Ferrell's assistant coach in the 2005 soccer film uh, would like to coach. Um, number four, and this is a very important point, cool shit. Um, also self-explanatory. Nice jerseys, apparel, stadium that doesn't suck shit. By cool, I mean obviously cool or the total opposite end of the spectrum. I want a t-shirt that looks obviously sweet or one that's so hideous. It's excellence. It's excellent. Let the chips fall where they may. Still kind of a soccer hater, Zach Hegseth. You can tell he's related to me by the little bit of a long-winded email just then. Um, as a guy who has his own podcast and doesn't mind listening to his own voice, it apparently runs in the family. But uh, any any initial thoughts there? I know we're going to wait to give kind of our our final analysis and, and final decision next week. But any any early thoughts we want to make sure we're getting out the way here? Yeah, I mean, like you said, we're going to kind of workshop this, get into the old fish and fries workshop, see what take it out to the lab. the algorithm. Yeah, mm -hmm. take it to the lab, uh, put it in the algorithm, kind of get see the, what get it the consultants. Out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've, we've got an absolute supercomputer in the back um, <laughs> that we'll kind of plug this into. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think those are all good jumping off points of like what's important to him, right? Like kind of looking into it and seeing what team will really fit into it. I think we can come up with something good. I, I do just want to say that I am offended that he's sold us short by saying we only have thousands of fans. Um, we <laughs> obviously have millions. Yeah. Are... And, I, and, and I don't know if I like fish heads. I initially like it, but I think it could use some work, but not, not, not the worst nickname. Fish. Heads. We can plug that into the supercomputer too, a nickname for our <laughs> fan base, but it's in the millions. Computer we are great branding. Yeah. We are the absolute biggest podcast in the world about soccer that has fish in the name. That's a fact. Absolutely. No, number um, two soccer podcast that has something culinary in the name. Top two, not two. 
Well, what is there? Is are we? Is there something <laughs> no, I couldn't thrown on that. No, I couldn't think of that. I just thought it would be funny to be like, we're number two. We're going to be number one, but we're the number two culinary based soccer podcast. I was going to say, is there like a podcast called like Soccer Soup that we need to go fucking <laughs> it's crazy on? I hope, I hope not. We'll have to go fight them. If Soccer Soup, if you're out there listening right now, just know we don't buy your shit. We think <laughs> you guys are phonies. Just know we think look you're over bad your, at your shoulder. Job. And not your podcast, your actual job. I think you're bad at it. Um, yeah. This is an absolute feud we're starting up right now. An yeah. absolute feud. And I fucked your mom. Can't stand those guys. Big jerks. <laughs> yeah, we both got them. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Nah, no, I mean, just oh. starting beef for no reason. But yeah, we're oh. going to workshop it on the yeah, uh, beef soup Alba fan type thing. <laughs> just beef stew. <laughs> But yeah, we'll workshop it. We'll come up with a uh, team here for Zach, like you said, next week. Run it through the supercomputer, through our vast staff here. Just the best problem solvers in the business. So we'll we'll come back with some heat for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No, I think good email, funny email. Um, that's the longest thing I've had to read since we were previewing Tunisia in the in the World Cup. Um, so got to work on my reading skills apparently a little bit. But uh, no, I think he's got some good points. I think, you know, not wanting a front runner, right? A little bit different Um, and kind of ending it with like cool shit. Like if the worst, if all this is, is he gets a, you know, shirt for Christmas or something like that. That's important. You can't be, can't have shit, ugly stuff. You just can't as a team with Royal blue and sky blue going, you got to have stuff that looks nice. You can't have something that's ugly and and claim you're going to hang it up in the house. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, we'll definitely have that ready for you next week. But unless you got anything else, Spencer, I think we are about ready to kind of wrap this up, man. Yeah, I, I think we're ready to call it a week, Andrew. Anything, I guess, right before we get out, anything you're looking forward to watching this weekend? Any matchups tickle um, your fancy? Nope, nothing on Friday at all. Um, there are no <laughs> games on Friday. There will not be a game on Friday. We'll probably have to sequester myself and and watch it later as I will be absolutely stuck at work. Um, I think kind of the big game of the weekend. Sorry. Great question. No, it's, it's uh, sorry. I knew I was missing one. It's Newcastle Liverpool. It's absolutely the 1030 Sunday game. It's absolutely there. I think you could keep an eye on like Brighton West Ham as two teams like Brighton's flying high. West Ham as a bunch of linebackers just hanging out, being pests. Lucas Paqueta, um, if he's not absolutely thrown out of the, if he's not hanging out with Ivan Tony this weekend in the uh, suspended players pool, might uh, either step on your throat or salsa dance on you. So interesting to see if they can kind of keep that momentum going for West Ham. But um, any matchups that are, uh, are that you're looking at here? No, I mean I think. Outside of my team playing, I think you nailed the you nailed it on the head there with Liverpool Newcastle at Newcastle. I think that game could be really fun. It's a real another measuring stick game. I, I think I've already kind of said I buy in on the Newcastle thing now, but another measuring stick game for them, another chance to show that they're really in that upper echelon of the league. Yeah, really a tough draw for Newcastle. Like once you lay it all out, tough it's start. Like- that is, you are, oh, you want to spend money? You want to be in with the big kids? Like, you better learn how to swim, buddy. We're pushing you in the deep end. Like, you're, you're right. Like, you and Villa, 
<laughs> like week one Villa was not a slouch. Like not Villa nothing. had a bunch yeah. of moxie about them this year right. too. So ended well with Unai Emery last year. Musa Diaby, you don't really know how they're gonna go. Kicked them off the floor. Um reality check against talk. City um a little yeah. bit, and now you're into the thick of it with another team. <laughs> but like we didn't even talk about with. Villa like for last week, but they looked really good again last week. So Oh yeah. Yeah, no, they look great. They, they beat Everton for nothing, beat the fucking shit out of them. That's why we didn't talk about them because Everton is not worth my time. No. And uh <laughs> speaking of my time, buddy, I think we are about ready to wrap it up. Um reach out to us on Twitter. We reach out to us via email. We are fish and fries pod at gmail.com. Um Send us send us anything you want to talk you want us to talk about, right? We're happy to find you an EF, EPL team. We're happy to answer your soccer questions. Do are you a fan of another sport and you need help understanding part of it, right? Something with soccer. What's the equivalent? We would love to find those out for you and, and keep you interested in the game here. But unless you got anything else, Spencer, I think uh, I think we're ready to go, bud. Yeah, like you said, at Fish Fries Pod on Twitter, X, whatever the fuck we call it nowadays, fish and fries pod at gmail.com. Twitter, X, whatever. Um, like the pod, five star reviews, all that it really helps. But uh um, oh, yeah. yeah, otherwise, be back with it next week, Andrew. Tell one friend this week to listen to our podcast or go up to a real person and just download it on their phone. Take their phone yeah. from them and download it. It'll be I a mean, really weird move. Let us know how it goes. We do have millions of fans, so chances are it's probably already downloaded, but just in case it isn't, you should do all those Absolutely. things that Andrew said. Yeah, take someone's phone, download a podcast, just just to do it, just to see if you can. But it's, yeah, no, <laughs> it's a good like toe dip for like your spouse or something. Like if you could spy on their phone or not, just download a podcast, see right. if they notice see if it, they ever know. notice it. Right when you download, if they don't you notice steal that. their phone to download it again next week. See if the old yeah. episode's still there. Right. Yeah, and then then, just, then you can start getting into the weeds of like seeing if they're cheating on you or not <laughs> right start playing the podcast at night while they're sleeping just have it on repeat turn the volume off and just let it run their alarm will go off in the morning they'll be none the wiser get us some listens get us some plays uh but until then we'll be back next week thanks buddy thanks pal see you guys in your dreams <laughs>